Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. I like to eat one before I do a podcast because on those days I'm feeling a little sluggish. It gives me that extra boost and energy I need to bring you you to bring you guys the the best Diamondbacks podcast possible and uh remember promo code locked on gets you ten dollars off your first box at www.billbar.com now i'm also graduating pretty soon in a couple weeks so please go check out my website millardthomas24.myportfolio.com to see all my latest work from my packages to articles photos and graphic design that's millardthomas24.myportfolio.com now, on today's show, we're talking about the longest game in Diamondbacks history. This game is from 2019, so we'll get into that and talk about some fun facts and just how that game went down. But first, if your company is interested in men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, in today's pod, we are talking about that 19-inning marathon between the D-backs and the Cardinals. And this one just... So interesting, just because it's 19 innings, and it was the longest game in franchise history, as you can tell. So I just want to get into the numbers and just talk about how this game went down and uh, just how it was played pretty much. So the game actually started out with Fowler on the Cardinals. He came up to a bat, and against Mike Leak, he actually started the game off with a home run after two change-ups, two quick balls, and a string and a swing strike. He took that fourth pitch out of the ballpark off of Mike League, and he gave the Cardinals a one-nothing lead. And little did the Cardinals know this will be the only run that they scored until the 13th inning, and the only one in the game until the ninth inning. The 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 D-backs didn't come back and tie this game up until the ninth inning of this ball game, where. Vargas hit a home run off of Andrew Miller to tie it up in the ninth. And this game was just such a wild one for so many different reasons. Uh, for so many different reasons. You had Vargas coming in for a game-tying pinch hit home run, nonetheless, in the ninth inning of this Tuesday game. And then he also was the hero in this game. That's what one of those wrinkles that made it so interesting. Vargas wasn't just the guy to, you know, finally break the curse after such a a dominant performance by the starting pitcher of the the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm sorry. I feel like I probably said Arizona Cardinals in here at least once. Yeah, of the St. Louis Cardinals because the starting pitcher that day for the Cardinals was Flaherty, and he was dominant on this day. He went seven innings, gave up no earned runs, one hit, two walks, and struck out 11 guys. And Flaherty was just good overall in this year. He had a 285 year ray going into that game and he finished the year with 275 year ray so jack flaherty was definitely a, a good pitcher for the st louis cardinals heading into this game and he put it all onto display on this day and on the the deep side mike leak wasn't too bad either he went six innings 
He gave up his one earned run, which was a home run, of course, uh, a home run, of course, because that's what Mike Leake likes to do. He likes to give up the long ball, but he went 95 uh, pitches, six innings, one earned run, uh, three strikeouts. So he had a pretty good day as well. And then uh, so the the game, it, it went into extras, of course, after that tying uh, that tying pinch at home run in the ninth. And then Vargas actually came up again in the 19th inning with bases loaded. 1.34 a.m., Vargas was able to get a single with the bases loaded and give the D-backs the 3-2 win over the St. Louis Cardinals. But how did the D-backs get the rally started? What did they do? What, what went into their formula to you know pull this one out after getting dominated by Jack Flaherty earlier in their scheme? Well, it all started with the rally started by Carson Kelly and Nick Ahmed. They, they started the final rally with back-to-back singles off uh, John Brabia, uh, the Cardinals' 11th pitcher of the night. And then Jared Dyson and Robbie Ray, uh, a pitcher who had to pinch hit, which is crazy to sound, but that's the desperation the D-backs were in. So Jared Dyson and Robbie Ray were the next two up, but they both struck out. So now you got... Back-to-back singles, guys on first and second, then two more strikeouts. So now it's two outs with two on. And then they decided, the Cardinals did, to intentionally walk Christian Walker to load the bases. So now it was Vargas' turn to be the hero, not just once, but twice in the same game. And what did he do? He stepped up to the plate and smacked a single, his fourth hit of the game, through the left side of the infield. And this was... a. Pure elation by everyone who is playing, not even by just the D-backs fans, but also the Cardinals. I mean, after nearly seven hours of playing baseball, 19 19 innings later, you finally got the conclusion to the game, and uh, this one was a doozy for sure. This one, the the Cardinals really needed it because of they were really locked in with the Milwaukee Brewers in a playoff race. The St. Louis Cardinals were two and a half games ahead of the Brewers in the NL Central. And uh, with four games remaining, the Brewers had five games remaining. So this was a, a critical game for the Cardinals. They really needed this one to keep keep on the Brewers to make sure to keep that lead and keep on chugging along, hopefully extending that lead and uh, you know winning the vi- the the division heading into the playoffs. The Cardinals actually blew two one-run leads, once in the ninth inning and again in the 13th inning in this game, and they just couldn't get it done. They were really struggling to put the Cardinals away after their after the, their starter Jack Flaherty was just so dominant against the team, but they couldn't get it done in this one. And then also from this game, we thought Paul Goldschmidt was going to be a hero, but not for the D-backs this time, but for the St. Louis Cardinals for once. He was going to be a hero for the opposing team, but still in Chase Field where he's made his money. Goldschmidt in this one hit a homer for the second straight night in his return to Chase Field, but this time he hit the home run in the 13th inning to give the Cardinals a 2-1 to lead. The six-time All-Star, you know he's he spent his first eight seasons with the D-backs, so he knows Chase Field well. He knows these dimensions, and he was able to give a ball a good rip and take it out the ballpark, and it was the go-ahead home run in this one in the 13th inning. 
But Nick Ahmed started the D-backs rally in the 13th inning with a triple. And then Jared Dyson drew a walk off John Grant before pinch hitter Caleb Joseph ripped a single through the right side of the infield to, sky, uh, to tie the score at 2-2. Two to two. So the D-backs were not backing it down to Paul Goldschmidt, the former face of the franchise. They said, whatever you could do, I could do better. So they stepped up in the 13th inning, and they were able to tie the game after that Paul Goldschmidt home run. And this was just an incredible game of resilience for both teams to come through and just muster through the, the, the strength and the toughness of being out there for that many hours, that long, through the long hours of the night. They were playing to nearly 2 a.m. in the morning, and they had to get up in the next 11 hours to play another game. So I just respect everyone in this game, and I want to talk a little bit about some of the crazy numbers from this game after this. If you're like me, you probably started thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door. Get what's Given what's going on in the world, they created non-contact deliveries. So now when I order food from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I've been using to order takeout for my favorite local restaurants. Listen up. You guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off outside my door. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android. Find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for your for $100 free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Now, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bars because these things are basically protein bars, but they taste like candy, and that's the reason why I love them. I'm a big candy guy. I'm a big junk food guy. I like to go to a store late at night, play some video games, and eat some candy. Some chocolate, Snickers is one of my biggest uh, weaknesses, my guilty pleasures. But with the Built Bar, I've been able to have 16 amazing flavors they have eight flavors full of chocolate and nuts, and they even have eight flavors full of chocolate and nut-free flavors. So it's a little bit of every. They have a little bit of everything for everyone in case you have allergies or anything like that. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, so I love to have that. I love eating my chocolate. I love fondue, anything chocolate-related. And the best thing that's about them is that they're soft and easy to chew. I hate, uh, I don't like things that are crunchy. I like things to be soft. I like chewy cookies. I don't like crunchy cookies. So I love how these bars are chocolatey, soft, and easy to chew. And I didn't even tell you the best thing about these bars yet. Not only are they tasty, not only do they taste like candy, but they don't have the nutritional value of what candy does. They have more than that because built bars are healthy. Built bars are great for health conscious people, 
like myself, I try to be health conscious. I know I like to, <laughs> I know I said I like to eat junk food, but I do also like to go to the gym. So it's kind of yin and yang with me. But if you want to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, Built Bars are great for that. They're low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein and fiber. They have the flavor, for, uh, the flavor profile of the peanut butter brownies, 20 grams of protein. And 170 calories, so it's everything you need. Low calorie, but high protein. Even the mint brownie, 15 grams of protein, but only 110 calories. And all this is possible for you to enjoy as well. If you just go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Just use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at at BuiltBar.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to that discussion of the longest game in D-backs history. And let's look at some interesting facts, numbers, and tidbits from that game. 19. So as I mentioned, this game went 19 innings, innings, which is the longest game in D-backs history in terms of innings played. And just imagine if you went to a baseball game and you had to sit there for 19 innings. I don't know what I would do. That I mean, I love baseball, but 19-inning marathon. I, I also like going home and enjoying the rest of my night and getting up uh, at a reasonable time the next day that's not related to a sporting event the night before. So I don't know if I would have been able to sit there and watch this whole game. And then 6.53, that's how long this game went. It went six hours at 53 minutes, which is the longest game in Chase Field history. But it's not the longest game in franchise history. 19 innings is the longest game in terms of innings played, but not in terms of time. The longest game in terms of time belongs to a 2013 matchup with the Arizona uh, with the Arizona D-backs when it took them 7 hours and 6 minutes to defeat the Philadelphia Phillies. Now imagine this. Most people don't even get 7 hours of sleep in a night. Can you imagine being at the baseball park for seven hours to watch a baseball game? I mean, I love baseball, but seven hours of my life, my goodness, I can do so many different things in that time period. I would have probably left by the eighth, ninth inning, uh, depending on how the game went. And after the, I, maybe I would have stayed through extras, but after, you know, the 12th, 13th inning, I'm pretty pooped and I probably would want to go home. 27. The D-backs also set franchise records for number of total players and pitchers used in a single game. Manager Tori Lovello had to use 27 players and 13 pitchers to bring home the win. And that's just so many different guys. Think about that. 27 people on the roster had to come into this game to to contribute. Think about how many guys the next day were going to be worn out. All those bullpen guys who all of a sudden can't be used. All the the, the starting pitchers on the D-backs who might have had to come in and pitch in this one just to get through an inning of relief because you maybe want to save another guy for another day. So Tori Lovello definitely had to put his foot in this one to you know, really showcases managerial skills and really get creative in terms of who to sit and who to put into this game because he knew they were going to need a break after being at the ballpark for so long and probably not being able to pitch the next day or two. 24. 
Arizona's pitchers proved that they were more than capable of holding St. Louis's bats at bay. The pitching staff combined for 24 strikeouts, 22 of which were by the bullpen, an MLB record. So 24 strikeouts in a game is a ridiculous number for any team to do, and it's definitely easier to do when uh, you have 19 innings to do. We've seen Randy Johnson go out there and get 20 strikeouts in a game, which is just crazy to think about and so when you think about whole pitching staff needing 19 innings to get 24 strikeouts it really makes you appreciate performances like that where a guy like uh, Randy Johnson could go get you 20 in eight nine innings but 22 strikeouts by the bullpen is pretty phenomenal uh considering Mike Leak came out in the sixth inning that means from the seventh to the 19th inning the the D-backs, D-backs bullpen was just fanning out Cardinals pitchers, uh, not pitchers, but hitters left and right, and really uh, just saving their, their bullpen as much as they can because when you get strikeouts, so you usually uh, work through batters a little bit quicker. You're not getting to deep counts. You're not letting guys get on base. So it, it, ha- it happened to help out getting all those strikeouts for uh, keeping other pitchers in the bullpen and keeping other starters in the bullpen. Uh, fresh for other games coming up in that week. 48. The Cardinals also fanned 24 batters over the 19 frames. So the D-backs and Cardinals combined for 48 strikeouts in total. That number ties the MLB record for most combined strikeouts in a single game since 1906. Whenever you're bringing up stats from the early 1900s, you know it had to be a crazy record because... Think about what players were doing in the 1900s. So we talk about Babe Ruth probably being the go-to baseball for, you know, being a, you know, a 300 hitter, over 700 career home runs. But we don't talk about how dominant Babe Ruth was also as a pitcher. I think we forget and overlook how dominant of a pitcher Babe Ruth was in his prime because he was going out there and being one of the best pitchers in the league, and when you look at his uh, pitching stats, uh, Babe Ruth was a career two to eight ERA pitcher. He had a three. He had two seasons where he won over twenty games. He's led the league in ERA before. He had one year where he started forty games. He had over three hundred innings pitched in nineteen sixteen. So Babe Ruth definitely uh, put in the work. So whenever we're looking at numbers from the 1900s, it's hard to compare to today because those guys are doing so much. They were pitching and hitting. You look at Cy Young, uh, it's named after him because he has the most wins in MLB history by a large amount. And it's not like other sports where you look at football from the 50s compared to today where the quarterbacks numbers are just disgustingly bad. Now in baseball, the guys from 1900s actually had better stats a lot of times in the guys of today so whenever you see records of today being tied or broken from yesteryear in baseball it's actually a even more uh, a bigger accomplishment than what you might think 16 on this day the Colorado Rockies and the San Francisco Giants also had a marathon that lasted 16 innings the same day as the 19 inning marathon for the D-backs and Cardinals and this was the first time two games on the same day have gone at least 16 innings or longer on the West Coast. So it was just a day for baseball, just uh, for all the negatives that you hear about baseball. If, if you think the game is too long, if you think it's too slow, this was your day of reckoning. Or maybe I shouldn't say day of reckoning because that sounds like uh, you were wrong, but the, it's actually the opposite. This was your day to stand up, stand on your, your, your pedestal and say, baseball is too long of a sport. 
too slow of a sport. That's why I don't watch it because you would have been right on this day. Two games that go 16 innings or longer, six-hour-plus games is just too long. And I love baseball, love the sport, but they do need to figure out a way to speed up the game and speed up the process because 19-inning marathons are just not going to be it if you want to pull in that younger audience. And this is a West Coast game, so if you think about it, this game, uh, you know, there was probably some guys on the East Coast getting up for work around 5 a.m. and this D-backs game was just ending. And that's why you're not going to be able to pull in the East Coast audience. That's why the game is just such a regional sport. So I'd love to see if the baseball could find out a way to really speed up the game. I know they're trying to do that with some new rules, some new pitching rules, but... Baseball definitely needs to figure out a way to speed up the game, make it quicker, and maybe even shorten the game or shorten the season, or maybe do both. But they need to do something to make the game a little bit quicker, I think. Now, that's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks. Go tell your Alexa device to play the newest edition of the Lockdown Fantasy MLB Draft. So you guys stay up to date with news, rankings, and updates. And don't forget to go to Built Bar using code LOCKDOWN to get $10 off your first order. Hope everyone is staying inside and staying safe. Peace.